they begin sharing the gospel so much so that now people are coming to faith, being discipled. We see a church form in Antioch. Now these are just ordinary, regular believers doing what regular, ordinary believers should do. It should be baked into their DNA. This is To the Ends of the Earth podcast. Welcome to the Ends of the Earth podcast, where we are always wrestling with the question, what is it going to take to complete the Great Commission in our generation? We are your hosts. I'm Baron Muga. And I'm Joey Gordy. Hey, Joey. Uh, two episodes ago, you mentioned the missionary pattern that we see exemplified in Paul's ministry, where we see he goes with entry, where he enters a place, then there's evangelism, then there's discipleship, then there's church uh, formation. Uh, leadership development is also seen there, and then then even an exit strategy. So let's go back again a little bit and dig into each of those aspects, maybe one or two at a time uh, for each episode. And as we do, um, we're going to ask or or think about how these uh, particular elements affects us as believers and as churches. And one of the things I was thinking about that is when we talk about this, sometimes people just think we're talking about missionaries, right? So um, the question then becomes, how does this impact just the regular person in the church? You know, somebody who doesn't consider themselves a missionary, maybe just has a regular job or is just going through life normally. Is this, these elements that we're talking about, is that for them also? Yeah, you know, I think there are several great examples in uh, the Word that uh, we need to go back to just to kind of get some, get some bearing on this. And uh, we see in the Word, we see everyday, normal, regular Christians about God's business of entering new places and evangelizing. And, you know, probably the best example I can think of, or a really good example, let's put it that way, is uh, in the story in Acts chapter 11. Now you recall that um, prior to Acts 11, we have the death or the martyrdom of Stephen. And there was a young man there by the name of Saul, and he was sort of giving his approval to this martyrdom. And he starts to rise in power and he begins persecuting the church. Well, after the death of Stephen, there's a great persecution that breaks out and people begin to flee literally for their lives. Now, just as a, an interesting note, if you're in the Middle East somewhere today, just imagine you're there today and there are people who follow Jesus and someone is persecuting them so much, even to death, that they're on the run for their lives, what do you call that person who's persecuting them? A uh, terrorist. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think we ever think of Saul that way. Mm-hmm. We think of him as, you know, a very righteous man who's just doing what he thought was best. Well, he's a terrorist. So this is your first century terrorist. And these guys are what we would call nowadays on this continent and really other places, we call them IDPs. They're uh, internally displaced people. They're running for their lives. And it says that as they go, many of them, uh, you know, they end up in these places and they're strictly sharing with Jews. However, there are a few and they are, it gives us where they're from. They're from Cyprus and Serene. And they went to Antioch. And as they go to Antioch, they begin to share the gospel with Greeks. Now, let me pause here for a second, because as you search the scripture and anyone listening, feel free to open your Bible because this is Acts 11, starting from verse 19. I challenge you to find the names of these individuals. Like we think of, you know, Peter and John and even Philip right before this story or Saul to come and Barnabas. But who are these guys? 
And they're on the run for their lives, normal, regular, everyday people who are refugees, literally IDPs. Uh, and now what do they do? Built into their DNA as Christians, they begin sharing the gospel even to people who aren't like them, to Greeks. They're Jews. They share to Greeks. And so much so that now people are coming to faith and we see them being discipled. We see a church form in Antioch. Now, these are just ordinary, regular believers doing what regular, ordinary believers should do. It should be baked into their DNA. Absolutely. I think that is a perfect example of, uh, just like you put it, the DNA or the regular everyday believer. And, you know, I'm beginning to even think of other examples of regular everyday believers in John 4, uh, the Samaritan woman who encounters Jesus. And it's very interesting. You know, she doesn't come to us as a theologian or somebody who's, you know, recognizable as a religious person. I think even her reputation may not be the kind of person we consider in church, but she has an encounter with Jesus. And what's interesting is, she goes back and she shares this encounter with, with people in her spheres of influence, uh, whether it's the person that she knows in, in the grocery stores or whether it's her relatives and friends, because we just get the impression she's consistently out there telling them, hey, come and see who I've met. And so a little bit of a revival breaks up there in Samaria just because of this regular everyday woman who has an encounter with Jesus. And later on in Acts 8, I think you will see that when, when uh, was it Philip? Philip. Yeah, yeah, when Philip comes in, I think the foundation was already set because the Samaritan woman had already gone out and shared what Christ has done. And so there's a Greek word, oikos, which is basically the network of relationships that she shares with. And I think we too need to be thinking about that. Yeah, I mean, you bring up the, the word oikos is a really good word for this episode. And really, um, it's something that, doesn't translate well in many most languages that I've been around. So we tend to just fall back on the Greek when, when we can't translate something. But I think it would be maybe um, a good um, acronym, if you will, would be FRAN. So in English, FRAN would stand for friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors. So think about your FRAN. Like God has put lost people all around us. Um, I mean, very few of us in the world today are, are just in these isolated places like monks, right, where there's just believers around us. So God has intentionally placed those people who have decided to follow him. He's chosen them and put them in these spots where there are their oikos or their fran, if you will, around them. Yeah, I read a book called Concentric Circles of Concern, and, and, and it used those same terminologies. You have all these people, whether it's your friends, your relatives, your neighbors, your associates, even strangers who are individuals that you can engage, you know, for the sake of the gospel. So, you know, when I when I think about this, can you can you imagine this, Joey? You know, regular everyday believers focused on the idea that they have a network of individuals with whom they can be sharing the gospel with and being intentional about that. Can you imagine how that would change the church? You know, we're looking at, like in Acts 11, these unknown individuals who literally uh, were responsible for the spread of the gospel because it says that the apostles remained and they're the ones who went out. And then you look at the Samaritan woman in John 4, where as an individual, literally a city explodes with a revival because she's focused on just sharing about her encounter with Christ. And so this is very exciting for me when I think of the fact that all believers, regardless of whether we call them, you know, missionaries or just uh, individuals in the church are responsible 
for this idea of being able to expand the gospel. But but then it also brings up a question, Joey. So, I mean, we see that they're both supposed to be doing the same thing. And by they, I mean the missionaries and just the regular day, everyday believers. So is there a distinction between the missionary and just the everyday believer? Yeah, absolutely. Now, you said something really important, and I think we need to just kind of highlight it one more time, is that the the every believer, your common ordinary believer, in their DNA, when they are full of the Spirit, they are to engage lost people, share the gospel, make disciples. And I would even argue from Scripture, like, start a church. However, what makes a, a what is the difference between someone who is, you know, called a missionary and just your everyday believer? And I think that comes down really to two things. I would say calling and intentionality. Calling when we look at uh, Acts chapter 13, so this is our first reference of the Holy Spirit setting apart, well, also the church setting apart uh, two individuals to go further afield. Uh, we look at Acts chapter 13. We see these sent out ones are called by the Spirit and really endorsed or commissioned, if you will, to do the work of the Spirit. As we flip through Acts 13 and 14 and and really, through the end of, um, of the New Testament, but specifically Acts, we see the same pattern repeated, right? We see them enter new places. So first they go to Cyprus. We see them enter Cyprus. We see them share the gospel. We see them make disciples of those who believe. We see them start churches. And in fact, on the way back through in Acts 14, we see them appoint elders in every church. So there's a leadership development before they head back to Antioch, which is an exit. Mm -hmm. So we see that happen. That would be the calling of the specific work, the intentionality. The intentionality was the second thing I wanted to mention. Intention, they're intentional to take the gospel first, to be obedient to where the Spirit leads them, but second, to take the gospel to where it is not yet. So you can sort of hear the refrain of Paul, right? Paul's desire is to proclaim the gospel where it is, it is not yet, so he doesn't build on any man's foundation. We talked about that a few weeks ago. We were looking at Romans uh, 15. So that is between the distinction between uh, your everyday believers and your missionaries, who, of course, are everyday believers. Right. And it is in their DNA, too. Mm -hmm. They're just intentionally going to a place that doesn't have it with the end result of they are going to see the church established, raise up those everyday believers mm -hmm. to be faithful, and even see leadership develop from within before they head to the next place. Wow. Great stuff, Joey. I think I love the word you picked on there, intentionality. Um, you know, as all, all of us are full of good intentions, but I think, you know, one phrase that I like to repeat is we have to be intentional about our good intentions. So we're looking at, you know, whether it's a missionary or everyday believer, and there is that distinction there that you just so eloquently mentioned, but we, we see that all of them have this DNA of every believer, which is to be able to go to a place where it's where they are, uh, like John 4, the Samaritan woman, or where they've been taken uh, by whatever events, whether it's persecution or a job change, whatever it is, to be wherever they are to evangelize, to disciple, and to even start, start churches. So maybe to our listeners, one of the things we can collectively do, including us here in, uh, in, in Nairobi, is to challenge ourselves to, to make a list of, of those individuals who are our, in our concentric circles, whether it's our friends, our relatives, our associates, our neighbors, and maybe some people that you see on a common basis on the way to work or whatever it is, make a list of those individuals and 
begin to pray. You know, just pray over that list on a regular basis, whether you do it daily or weekly. Pray over that list for the sole purpose of an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Now, you know, it may be you, it may be somebody else, but pray intentionally that you may be the one to get an opportunity to share the gospel with them or that God may open a situation where they can actually have somebody share the gospel with them and that God may open their hearts, that they may be receptive to this 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 gospel, this truth that you want to share with them. And I think that is part of the intentionality. I mean, something that you're praying for is going to be in your heart and you're going to be consistently thinking about it and you will God willing, see opportunities that maybe even before you wouldn't have recognized as opportunities uh, for being able to share the gospel and then share the gospel with them. I know this is challenging sometimes, even within believer circles. Sometimes it's one of those things that, you know, for whatever reason, we just feel that it's a little bit tough to get to. But I think with prayer and with uh, intentionality, like Joey is saying, we can actually see a difference in us being able to speak the gospel to those in our concentric circles. Absolutely, Baron. It just reminds me of um, there. There was a a friend of mine who served in the army. In he was he was actually a paratrooper, and uh, paratrooper. For those of you who don't have are not familiar with that terminology, is someone who a soldier who jumps out of airplanes, you know, behind enemy lines. So he said jumping out of airplanes was a lot like sharing the gospel, because you know if you don't do it very often, it's incredibly scary. You just you, you lock up with fear and it's intimidating. But if you're if you're a paratrooper, they make you three, four five times a day sometimes in training, jump out of an airplane to get over the fear. So it's you get that repetition so that you get over those that 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 initial fear or like a bodybuilder who keeps repeating those uh, those weightlifting and, and, and building his muscles uh, so that. Uh, you can grow that muscle of evangelism and sharing and getting over fear. So as we have done with other episodes, let me just leave with a few thoughts and then we'll come back to you, Baron. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a couple thoughts as you're listening out there. Are, are you being faithful to engage your friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors, those who don't know Christ? And if you're not doing it, who is doing it? Are you actively seeking opportunities to share with them? And are you taking those opportunities when they arise? And the last thought I'll just, I'll just leave with you. Are, are you or someone in your church or your network of believers, are, do you have this deep desire to take the gospel where it is not yet, to a new community, a new apartment complex, a new village, Is there something in your spirit, some longing to see the gospel go to to a new place? Wonderful. One of the things, Joey, that I just thought about even as you're speaking is for many of us who maybe you've been a believer for a while without even realizing it, sometimes we end up being in, in Christian bubbles, for lack of a better term, where over time we just find that most of the people we engage with or we associate with are uh, Christians. So uh, even as we talk about your oikos, even as we talk about your your sphere or individuals that you connect with, maybe maybe it requires some intentionality in terms of being in those places where you can connect with lost people. Uh, It could be, you know, I don't know, maybe you join a group that runs or something. Maybe you uh, take a class doing something like cooking or, you know, you go to a gym, depending on where you are. Whatever you can do, 
as a believer, if you realize that around you, you don't have lost people, uh, you probably should be intentional about putting yourself in situations where you would be able, maybe in a social setting, to connect uh, with these individuals for the purposes of being able to share the gospel with them. So I think, Joey, uh, your last word was really good. One of the things I was going to add is sometimes the fear might be even just as a result of not knowing what to say. And maybe maybe next episode we'll talk a little bit about evangelism. What is what is the gospel at, at, at the very core and, and what does it take to share that? And um, if you want to connect with us on this in terms of maybe just having a further discussion or maybe uh, responding to what we said, feel free to reach us. Our Facebook page is African Center for Global Mission, ACGM, and Twitter handle is Afri a ACGM, African Center for Global Mission. We also have an email address, African Center for Global Mission at gmail.com. So feel free to reach us in any one of those ways. But we're praying for you, and you can pray for us that for all of us as believers, through this DNA that we have and the Holy Spirit in us, we can be out there sharing the gospel uh, in our areas of influence. God bless. Thanks for listening.